Hold on, I want to do. I gotta do a quick intro yeah. too. We didn't. Oh, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Rodeo Time, the podcast. Got your man Dale Brisby here. We've got joining us Mr. Chicho Nation Zapata, Elliot Blair. Gonna hear his story. Donnie Ray Daytona. I'd like to thank uh, Rock and Roll Denim for bringing us podcast today. Reflex Denim. I've got the vintage '46 on. Um, did you wear Reflex today? I did. Yeah, when we were ranching this morning. When we were ranching this morning, because I you needed the mobility. Y- we all did. I wasn't throwing a rock at you. Why you look at me like I'm picking on you, man? Everybody's you always mobility. do about my mobility. I am mobile, hostile, I know you are. and I'm agile, dude. You, uh, listen, I know that you're thicker than me, but I believe you are quick. You're like a fast. I would see you more as a defensive end than like a center. How about just an outside linebacker? No way you were outside linebacker. Bet. Bet. Play the option on me and watch what happens. Dude, we used to <laughs> run the veer. <laughs> we used to run the veer, Olson. I'm, t- I'm keeping no. it. I'm You're keeping around it? The corner. You're going to keep it? I'm coming around oh the corner. Oh, my goodness. That would be the greatest thing of all time. And I'm going to wear my reflex denim while I'm doing it and still outrun you. I'd have contained you in those reflex yeah, denims. Yeah, right. That's what would I'm happened. not pitching it. It's a fake pitch, Okay. I'm going to keep it, and then it's a fake pitch. I'm coming around the That's corner. That's what they all say until they get stuck. I used to love the veer because it was like I get to call the play while it's going. Yeah. Because I'm like a spontaneous guy. Oh, spontaneous. So you wouldn't read the defense? Well, what the yeah. defense is giving no, you, you just no. say, ah, I'm, I'm so, do what I want. Yeah, I mean, I would. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, he like, whatever know. random thing they threw at me, that was fine. Yeah, perfect. I'm so random. Last time I did something spur of the moment, they marked me 90. You know what I'm saying? Cheech hasn't caught up to that yet. Um, this is ridiculous. Thanks, rock I'm and roll here. and reflex denim. Rodeo time. Got to get her on down the road. This guy's in in the. He was in tri- a AAA pitcher, so he got invited to big league camp in spring training, which is a big deal. And he shows up. <clears throat> and he brings a rope and dummy into the middle of the locker room in, in the clubhouse. <laughs> and he starts throwing some loops, and then all of a sudden they get him, they got the whole team around him, they got it all set up, chairs around him and everything. Ocean waves went on, everyone went nuts. It was yeah. cool. It was cool. That is pretty crazy. When you were playing? No, no, this was when I was a scout. This is, this is only like two or three years ago. And I wish I could remember the kid's name. He was from Fresno, and uh, he was actually pitching for the Fresno Grizzlies too. He was, he was on the AAA roster, and he got invited to big league camp. And I want to oh, say dang. his name was Tyson something. Anyway, it was, it was it was pretty cool to see, like, I mean, this guy can really handle a rope. And the whole team got behind it because it's something that, I mean, you probably don't see too many guys roping the dummy in the clubhouse, right? Yeah. But he went out on a limb and did it, and then, it, you know, got ocean wave and all that kind of stuff and doing some fancy loops, and the team went nuts. What uh, what were you doing? You were scouting. Yeah, yeah. I was already scouting at that point, and I was just scrolling through. I saw the video on my Twitter feed, and uh, because that's how I get most of my most of my baseball info now, which right. it's actually a pretty reliable source of really quick information and entertainment along the way too. But yeah, uh, I, the primary reason why I have it is for for baseball news. Tell us tell us about your story. So uh, we've got we've got Mr. Elliot Blair here, and um, Tell us your story, baseball story. All right. Since that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm from a small town in North Texas, played played ball growing up, uh, played a lot of travel ball. 
got an opportunity to go to Oklahoma and play college ball at University of Oklahoma and really had no idea that I'd even have a chance to play professionally beyond playing in school. And then, um, man, my senior year, I was I, – I redshirted my first year, went through, did all my five years or whatnot, uh, which was fun because we played in the College World Series uh, one time there and in 2010. That's actually the last time that OU's been to a College World Series was in 2010. Dang. And the reason why that's cool is because that was the last year that they had the College World Series at Rosenblatt, which Rosenblatt is in Omaha, Nebraska, and it's not there anymore. They tore it down, but it was like a historic stadium, and it's the, you know, you grow up as a kid, and me being a kid watching this college baseball on TV, they yeah. put that on ESPN, and uh, you get to see it. So it was neat to play in that stadium. Um, 2011, I think, was the first year they moved to TD Ameritrade there in Omaha. Anyway, um, man, I somehow got drafted, drafted in the 47th round. There was only 50 rounds, so I snuck, I snuck, snuck my way in there. <laughs> Did you have an idea? Uh, no, actually. I was already moving. So I was, I was a senior. Uh-huh. Uh, I was done with school. Um, well, I had a couple hours. I had a couple classes left I had to finish up. But for the most part, I was done, you know. I was moving home and uh, trying to figure out what my next step was going to be. And this guy calls me. His name's Dan Murray. He's, he was a scout for the Giants. He calls me and said, hey, I don't know if you're paying attention, but you should probably go pull up the draft tracker online you're about to see your name pop up i was like what are you serious Dang. yeah so it was pretty cool uh to see my name pop up across there and um have the opportunity to go out and play because uh, all you need is an opportunity right i mean right. um so yeah 47th round and they don't even <laughs> they don't have 47 or, they don't have 50 rounds anymore they cut it back to 40 so my round doesn't even exist <laughs> <laughs> so but, by today's uh, standards you might not even <laughs> Yeah, no, you, uh, for sure, yeah, for that's sure. Funny. Um, so anyway, I got drafted, man. I played uh, five years minor league ball with the Giants. Um, and then, I mean, shoot, some of the best times of my life, some of the closest friends I have to this day were my teammates there. Yeah. And, uh, man, I got to see pretty much every portion of the United States through some form or fashion of professional baseball, whether it was as a player or now being on the side after my five years. As, as a player, I went and I now work for the Rangers and I'm a professional scout for them. And um, whether it was through scouting or through playing, I've gotten to see quite a bit of the United States. Yeah. Last year alone, I was uh, I was in Portland, Maine. I was in West Palm Beach, Florida, in San Diego, and uh, good old Kennewick, Washington. Kennewick, <laughs> Washington. Kennewick, Washington, yeah. So tell me about, I mean, I think the one of the more interesting yeah. parts of that story was – you said in high school you really didn't even expect to so like you went and played college ball and then you played in the minor leagues and you you never really even intended on doing any of that yeah so in high school um i played four sports but i was from a small town and went to a private school actually so we didn't have that many kids and they really encouraged us to play as many sports as we could and um so i played all four sports i was actually recruited as a more highly recruited football player than baseball player. Get out of here. But I, I know. I mean, I for OU. I, no, I wasn't recruited by OU. But I was actually. Uh, I guess some of the biggest schools that that had some interest. Um, Alabama, but that was that was back in the Mike Shula days before they before they were the juggernaut they are now. A and M actually had some interest there for a while. UCLA. What position? I was a quarterback, and I was a classic. To be honest, I was a classic Alabama quarterback. 
yeah. game manager, not not going to air it out. You know, we ran a power offense in high school. Um, wasn't going to turn the ball over, but also wasn't going to also wasn't going to throw 500. You know, for yeah. 500 yards a game and, and seven touchdowns. It was going to be, hey, I can run a two minute drill, and I can read Fast. the defense, and I can yeah. I can get the plays <clears> in, and we yeah. can make it all work. So, um, anyway, so football was I enjoyed it, but I I had played I never played football until I was. Uh, in junior high, I had never played a yeah. down of football in my life. It always been baseball. So I just, man, for whatever reason, I didn't even pursue the whole football in college idea. It was like, sure, it was kind of like I'm getting recruited to play, but whatever, I want to go play baseball. Yeah. And that was tough because I wasn't really getting recruited to play baseball. Small school, all that kind of stuff. And um, I wasn't a big name, uh, highly touted prospect or anything. So, uh, I graduated high school, and then I'll say in about June of the summer, between my, I still didn't know I was going to go play college ball. I had some junior, some junior college offers did you, and things like that. Did you have an idea of like where you you would like to have gone to? Sure, I think you know my goal was to go play Division One sports. Right. Okay. And yeah. and I wanted to play in a large conference, and the reason being. Uh, it's actually kind of cool, man. I, I I wish I still had it to this day, but before I made my decision on where I was going to go play, uh. Uh, I only had a couple of big D1 schools looking at me. But one of the things that really pushed me towards going to play at a at a bigger school was I wanted I, – I used to love watching the College World Series on TV mm-hmm. as a kid, and I wanted to go somewhere to a university with a big enough program that was going to allow me the opportunity to go back and play in the College World Series in Omaha. And that was one of the deciding factors. So in high school, you knew you wanted to play college ball. Oh yeah. You just never really expected to play professionally. Exactly. Gotcha. You know, okay. and I, and I, because and, and part of that is because I was never like a standout college player. I wasn't the guy. You know, um, I eventually, I I would get to the point where I would like earn a starting spot and I get hurt, or um, I would just underperform. I'm just just being honest like you know you underperform and then you lose your starting spot and you got to earn it back and um which is tough by the way like it's tough yeah. to lose a, a starting spot and then, yeah, and then and then and then like you have to start back like somebody comes in you get injured somebody takes that starting position especially if it's like a younger guy absolutely right. yeah that's a that's a that's a hard l to go back but and you gotta swallow it yeah. yeah it's like anything else in life too i mean um the competition it, like it forces you to get to like mentally get to the next level yeah. otherwise you're just you're gonna fall apart yeah, if you, you know? sit there and pout ain't nothing uh, gonna, yeah ain't nothing well gonna i change. think that it's the most i i feel like in what you just said not not to cut everything off but i think when you're physically fit and and then you get injured but then you got to go back and re Maybe not reprove yourself, but go and earn your starting position Maybe back. Maybe change your attitude. Yeah, yeah it's, it's sure. mental. It's a very big mental. Um, you you got to dig deep mentally and, and then go put forth mm-hmm. the effort and outwork somebody to get that spot. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say it was weird for me. My first year I got redshirted, and that was the first time I'd ever not had immediate success playing somewhere. Right. And, and so, yeah. like, you go and, like, okay, you redshirted. When in, baseball, <clears throat> in baseball, that means, like, you're not playing an inning. So I went through all the practices, all the workouts, all that, and then just watched the team, right? I mean, I was still in the dugout and everything, but I never got into the game. Well, then you, you end up your redshirt freshman season, which is your technically your, your second year in school, 
you end up getting some playing time, performing a little bit. And then uh, I don't know, it was actually my third year. I had a really major knee injury at Kansas State, and it took me out. And that was like a – it was like a 14-month rehab. What happened? Um, so I tore my ACL, my MCL, LCL, tore both meniscus, tore my calf off. only thing that was left was my PCL. How? Playing outfield, and we were at Kansas State. And Kansas State had back in the day, I don't know if they still do, but it was a synthetic turf infield, like that grass turf, you know, that's pretty popular yeah. now. Uh-huh. And then the outfield grass was natural grass, but the warning track was that synthetic turf. Ooh. And so you get, you know, as an outfielder or whatever, during batting practice, you familiarize yourself with the lay of the land and, the, you know, the, the way the field plays and everything. But, man, I, it was, I think it was Sunday. It was of the weekend series. And um, the wind was howling. I mean howling. Not and in Kansas. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I think we scored like 14 runs in the first inning, and we hit like seven homers because you just hit the ball in the air Dang. and it's gone. So I'm in the outfield, and a ball is hit in the air, and the wind picks up, and I thought I had a chance to catch it. I jumped. I, I didn't have a chance to catch it, and I realized that. Like, after I jumped, I thought, oh, man, I shouldn't have jumped. All right, let me play it off the wall. And my spikes, half my foot was in that synthetic turf warning track, and the, the heel of my foot was in the Ooh. natural grass. So the spike stuck in the synthetic. And the, when I went to pivot, because the ball, it was like a corrugated uh, aluminum wall right there. And so the ball hit, and it bounced sideways. And so I tried to plant and go get it. And when I went to plant and rotate, my knee just, boom, snapped. Dang. And so it was actually on Fox Sports Southwest. My mom's watching the game back at home. And uh, she said it was kind of painful to watch because they kept like with the telestrator circling and saying i think this is the problem right here you, you know? think we could get that video you think we could get that video uh, maybe i don't know I, I haven't tried to look it up in a I'll long talk time to fox yeah, yeah. We'll talk to fox my so guy. Get, it. Yeah. get my guy get my guy on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I got a guy at fox. so yeah so that i mean i guess to answer your question like i never really uh, imagined my, i always wanted to play pro ball at that point I mean, my, my younger brother was already playing pro ball he got drafted out of high school. Oh, dang. So, I did not know that. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, what position? Well, he, he was a catcher in pro ball. He was a third baseman in high school, and they turned For him where? into a catcher. Uh, he was drafted by the Red Sox. Dang. And he played uh, five or six years with the Red Sox in the minor leagues, became a free agent, went, um, and from there he went to the athletics. And he actually got to the big leagues of Oakland uh, for – a month or so at the end of the season. He had a really, really good year and um, unbelievable experience of stories that he has from being in the big leagues just for that. And that's that's something pretty cool to say that yeah, you played in the big leagues. That's absolutely. the highest level, you know. It doesn't matter how yeah. long you got, you, you know, you're there. But then after that, he um, – after he was with, the, with Oakland, he went with to the Rangers and the White Sox, or White Sox and Rangers. I can't remember w- which order. But uh, anyway, so I already knew um, – quite a bit about pro ball just because I had friends that were already there and then my brother was there and I mean actually so my stepdad he had like 50 or 51 years in professional baseball he played in the big leagues for 13 years with a bunch of different clubs but he won two world series with the Yankees in the 70s so I mean it's it's, baseball is kind of in our family yeah yeah yeah. um so I knew quite a bit about it, and I, I wanted to do it. I just didn't think I was going to have the opportunity. So yeah. when it came across, when my name popped up across the screen, I didn't really care if it was the 47th round or the second right. round. Right, right, yeah. 
Exactly. I'm, I'm like that. What, yeah. what, 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 what were you about to do anyways? Like, did you have a plan? Yeah. What yeah. would you have done? Um, so my degree is uh-huh. in petroleum engineering, and um, which is one of the reasons, kind of another reason why I decided to go to Oklahoma. Because at the time, they had one of the top two or three mm-hmm. petroleum engineering schools in the nation. So A&M's not that bad. That's right. That's right. They're up there, Colorado School of the Mines. Uh, LSU has one. Stanford's got one that's pretty good. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot of those programs across the country, but uh, definitely A&M, OU, Colorado School of the Mines up there at the top. And I just thought, man, I wanted to challenge myself, and I really like the oil and gas industry in general. So went up there and did that, and um, that's probably what I would have done. You know, yeah. a lot of the guys that I graduated with that were petroleum engineers, uh, they've done pretty well for themselves, and they got in early enough where uh, this most recent bust cycle hadn't really hurt them too bad. Um, and so, anyway, that's probably, that's probably what I would have done. But the other thing, immediately what I was going to do is when I was in school, uh, when I was in college, I actually started a, like a college church service mm-hmm. here on campus, mm-hmm. and it was kind of through a church that was out of Tulsa. And uh, I was actually contemplating just doing an internship, like a ministry internship there for a, a, a few months because I knew I had to go back to Oklahoma to finish up uh, six credit hours. And if I was going to do that, well, Tulsa's only two hours from Norman. and So, so did I you ever could, finish it? My degree? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I finished. Yeah, yeah I went back and <laughs> shoot, man. That After I – so I got uh, spring of 2011 – was my last college season I went and was drafted that year in June immediately went to Arizona to rookie ball played that year in rookie ball season wrapped up in like call it September and what what do you what's it like playing rookie ball I mean like is that like you just get paid minimum wage and you're just kind of grinding it out man it is wild so um huge contrast to what I was a used to at Oklahoma, right? I mean, you're playing at a big D1, big 12 school. You're flying everywhere. First-class meals, first-class facilities, first-class. I mean, it's like it's like the Ritz compared to rookie yeah. ball, you know? I show up in Arizona. Get, you know, we get our physicals. And you're expecting it to go up oh, yeah. a level, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is pro ball, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm getting paid now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, the, the first day I showed up, this is kind of funny. First day I showed up, we were waiting in line outside of the minor league facility to – get our physicals and I can't even remember the guy's name there's like four or five of us players there in line to get physicals and the guys that were already in already signed with the Giants and were in um, what they call extended spring training which is just a technicality they were already playing games and they were just holding them there until rookie ball starts and so we were watching them inter squad and waiting to kind of get our marching orders and everything one of these kids was a catcher. He went. He was a catcher from the University of Alabama, and he, we're sitting there and watching out. You know, watching the game. And this guy hits a walk-off home run in the inner squad. Comes across, touches home plate, starts yapping at the catcher. And this catcher was a big dude. He grabs him and choke slams him, pins him on the ground. And I kid you not, this catcher from Alabama, he's like, "It ain't for me. I'm out." And he quit. He didn't even. He he did not play a single day with the Giants. He just left. Yeah, yeah. So not so, the catcher so, that choke slammed. No, the guy that they had just drafted from Alabama. So he was just standing next to you watching. Yeah, he hadn't even got. We hadn't even got our like intake physical. Dang, yet. he just took off. He's uh, like, I'm out. Yeah. So 
along with that question, though, that Dale asked you, so could you tell a little bit of your experience of you're going in as a rookie to the – yeah, you're going into the the – just going into the locker room. You're like – and you've realized um, – You've you've been drafted. All of this is happening, and you're walking into a uh, a major league baseball locker room. Like like what what are your what's going through your head at that point? Like when you open the door and you walk in. It was pretty neat. I mean, I'm not gonna. Lie. I mean, it wasn't a major. I mean, it, it just it wasn't a major league locker room, right, but it was but it was a professional locker. Room. Absolutely. You know, walk you you walk in, you see your locker. You got you got your nameplate has that San Francisco Giants logo right by it. You got a couple of bats stocked in there. You got a bunch of shirts and just like all this uh, apparel that they have for you. And I think the first thing that crossed my mind was, "Wow, this is really cool." Mm-hmm. But the second thing was, and it, it like hits you right in the face. It's like, man, now work I'm, just started. It's time it, to go to work. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm playing against the best in the world now. Yeah. yeah, it's not the best from my high school district. It's not the best from Texas. It's not the best in the Big Twelve. Not the best, you know. Uh-huh. These are the best players in the world. world. And so when you look over. And man, it, it's it took me a while to like, uh, I guess accept the fact. But now I'm in like retrospect, I can look back and say like, it's pretty. Like, the first couple of days I showed up, there's like 18 year old Latin kids that are better than I am from day one. Like this yeah. 18 year old, I'm I'm Dang. 23 at the time, and those kids at 18 are already better than me. So that's when it's like, man, it you have to take your game to the next level. And there's a whole level like I kind of touched on earlier, like the mental toughness aspect yep. because. That year, uh, I played my rookie ball, and I mean it was true rookie ball. It was the lowest lowest level there is, and uh, I was there in Arizona in summer baseball in Arizona. Uh, it's Africa hot. It's, yeah, it is Africa hot. <laughs> I have not been so. Heat, right? So what about the but what about the conditions compared to Alabama D one? You were about to say like what it was like to like the difference in I guess quality of food they fed you type yeah. deal <laughs> well okay i need to say this too uh from the time that was tw- that was 2011 and, and how now with the rangers and how we treat and how we feed our minor league players it is i mean it is it far exceeds what i had as a rookie ball kid in 2011 just so you mean there's food in the locker room there's plenty of food in the locker room now i'm in it's kind of healthy though i don't know sign me up yeah we'll be fine you know it's <laughs> it's it's all healthy stuff these days but Dang. back back then it was like um i think the best example would be my second year playing i was in a ball in augusta georgia and it's also very hot there in the summer but we had like every day before our home games we would have meatballs like some kind of meatballs <laughs> like yeah. chef and, meatballs. yeah 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 and they'd have like you know um it wasn't the nicest facility at the time and it was a kind of an older stadium and it shouldn't be right it's a ball like the goal is to get out of there right right but at, at, at the same time like this is your first experience in full season professional ball you show up and like, all right i can live with this locker room i can live with this clubhouse and you look around and there's like you know the plastic Tupperware things full of like frosted flakes and frosted mini weeds and things like that. Okay, that's yeah. we can have that and we can have that. And then it, like your pregame spread because you, you'd go out, you'd do all your early work when you got there. You'd go back in, change clothes, change shirts or whatever, and go out, go back out for batting practice. You'd finish up batting practice, come back in, and then you'd have your pregame spread set out there for you. And the clubhouse attendant, um, always those those guys are always characters. They're I mean, they have the power to make or break your season too, just because they're 
I mean, they do everything for you, and yeah. you're always around them. And they, as good as you treat them, they're going to treat you back the same. So, right. um, but man, we had a guy's name was Sarge. I, I don't know what his real name was, but we called him Sarge. And Sarge was a master meatball chef. <laughs> And this dude, he'd get a crock pot. Where, where's the Sarge that you speak of? Man, I she wish I could. Some I went back to Augusta because I was yeah. scouting there a couple years ago. <clears throat> and Sarge has, uh, he's moved on to a different industry, I believe. Mm. Um, but, man, he would he's have now. meatballs and barbecue he's sauce. <laughs> he's Meat, not vegan because he Meatballs he and to... marinara. Yeah. He'd have meatballs and anything you salsa. I mean, yeah. like meatballs and ranch. Meat. I mean, every day of the week is meatballs. And Dang. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. A lot of that. A lot of ham sandwich. A lot of. Um, uh, I drank. I drank more um, electrolytes that year than I probably ever have because they would have Pedialyte for us to drink because you sweat so much. Yeah. In that hot humidity down there, and uh, it was just different, you know. I mean, it was. Uh, we were taking bus rides, and that league that I was in, the South Atlantic League. And we were one of the southernmost teams in that league, being in Augusta, Georgia. So you had to drive a lot in buses. In buses, yeah. And they weren't nice. I mean, they were they were nice coaches, but they weren't like luxurious, you know, like celebrity yeah. type. Deal. It right. was a. So, I'm curious. You 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 played college ball four years. You you go play um, professional. Now you're a scout for five years. At what point in here do you meet? The rodeo oh, gosh. host interviewer girl personality. I mean, and then marry her. Dale. She's a personality. Personality. Okay, and she's a live, uh, you know, interview person. Oh wait, just a. Anyway, go ahead. What is her official title? Uh, wife of Elliot Blair. Bingo. That's what I'm. Bingo. Talking about. <laughs> wow, y'all are yes. gonna get ripped while I'm. We are. Y'all, y'all are gonna get ripped. We are. We if are. y'all don't know, Katie. Uh, she is a fireball, and right, y'all are fixing to get ripped. But go ahead. Katie Kaufman, yeah. everyone, is Elliot's wife. And, um, yeah, so how'd you meet her? Um, I'll give you the long version, the good version. It, uh, I met her on Twitter. Bingo. Straightforward. Like, there's no way. Tinder. No, no. <laughs> Tinder wasn't even around back then. Yeah. Or maybe it was. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, we met on Twitter. So, uh, I mean, she's, you know, now that you mention that, like, that's a Twitter kind of person. Like she's just well, like she's have very opinionated oh, and yeah. mean. Oh yeah, that's, that's most I mean, people on Twitter. <laughs> mean. So what? What, she's what was your first interaction like? All right. So to back it up just a little bit, when I was, so I've, I've been like a rodeo fan my whole life, and I, I love watching the NFR on TV. And I was one of those crazy guys that wake up at like one or two in the morning when it aired right. on ESPN. I just watch it. You know, I didn't yep. really. TiVo wasn't a thing, but anyway. Well, I guess, I don't know, 2013, 14, I get the years kind of mixed up, but she took over as the, I guess, the sideline reporter. Yep. And they put her analyst. name. Analyst. Yeah, analyst. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jerks. they put her name up on the screen in the, in the lower third, her name key, and it had her Twitter handle underneath it. And I you thought, fell for it. I thought, man, I, all right, this is a, win -win, this is a win win situation. <laughs> I'm probably going to get rodeo news, and it's an attractive girl, too, so who knows yeah. what's going to come of it. Well, bad news is uh, I didn't get any rodeo news. <laughs> Good news is I guess found my wife. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess the, that's a, that's terrible. The most expensive yeah. news is I found my wife. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. yeah. No, the well, uh, the the rodeo news part is just what you tell your your boys when they're sitting around like, are you really about to follow her? Man, I just I love rodeo. That's right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, 
there's no way around it. Like I'm willing to admit, it sounds as stalkerish as it possibly can be. Although, I would hope that it didn't come off that way because our communication was so sporadic. Yeah. Um, like maybe over the course of seriously three years, we probably only had. Uh, so I followed her. She never followed me back, so I couldn't DM her. Dang it, Katie. Tweet. So I had to go at her like in her mentions or whatever. I don't know how you actually like the terminology, but I had to actually like tweet at her, right? And I wasn't gonna do that. I responded to a couple here and there, just random stuff, and liked a couple tweets. Probably. But she was leading you on a little bit here and there. Not so really. Wait, so right there, so you had to be very uh, strategic oh, about, yeah. for instance, what your profile picture was. So what'd you use? Um, I know it crossed your mind. Because you, if you're not, I had well. Here's the thing. Baseball something. Hopefully, like you're just stretched out. It wasn't, man. No, it wasn't. A, oh, no. I would have used that. That'd have been my go-to. Hey, I play Dang. professional ball. Also, how's rodeo? <laughs> no, I, I want to. You know, I didn't change my my uh, my picture at all. It was the same one I'd had up for a while. Um, actually, the OU baseball team, like the athletic department, created my Twitter account for me because that's when I was in school when Twitter became a thing and it became big, and they wanted us to kind of promote the university and, and um, the baseball team and things like that. And so for a long time, my background was like OU baseball stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I changed, I changed it one time to, it was like a, a, a kind of like a, a, just a somewhat of a close up picture of my face. Yeah. But she, you know, it's funny when you hear her, when you hear her talk about it now, she's like, you know, when I actually met you for the first time, I had no idea if you were going to be, you know, Five three, or if you were going to be seven foot five, <laughs> that you know, would like be I had a no key. idea. That would be a key. so. Um, but yeah, so the way it all worked out, the way it all kind of came to, uh, I guess, culminated was, we were uh, both happened to be at the same event in Fort Worth at Casa Manana, which is a little, um, it's a golf ball looking building there, right by Will Rogers, and there is like a lone survivor foundation type event and uh, marcus luttrell and david goggins was there and taya kyle and they were just talking about basically the faith family freedom stuff and um i actually took one of my one of my buddies with me and we went and we were in the truck on the way back and we were headed costume now it's not a big venue it's like i don't know two thousand people fit in there maybe maybe and majority of the people that were there were like you know vietnam vets or korean war vets or whatever there were definite definitely were older than, mm-hmm. than me and my buddy and anyway we went back and we're in the truck and almost back to argyle and scrolling through twitter and she was she was there with i guess one of her friends and i don't know where they were sitting but anyway connected over that just basically because i was like man if, if i'd have known you were there i guess i would introduce myself i don't i don't really know how i don't really know how to do that you know yeah um kind of without coming off as like super weird but anyway hey. so we <laughs> <laughs> We're at the same event. Sorry, our eyes and our hearts didn't begin to dance when we made eye contact. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. There's, there's just no way around. So, anyway, no, I agree. I think you took the, the correct role. Obviously. So you were putting in work, literally. Like, yeah, but it, you know, to be honest, it wasn't so stalkerish that it yeah. was like real work. It was just kind of like, yeah, if you spread it out over three years, that's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, man, I didn't even, to be truthful, I had no idea where she lived. Yeah. She had done a fantastic job scraping the internet. I'll tell you that right now. Because <laughs> I looked. I had looked. Uh, that's the analyst in him, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, you were thinking, just give me a town or something. Sure, yeah. I mean, but I, I didn't know any of that. Anyway, we happened to be at the same deal, and then uh, that was maybe on like a Thursday or Friday, and then uh, like the next Tuesday or Wednesday we met for for drinks. and That was, was what it? year? 
that was 2015 no yeah yeah 2015 july 29th of 2015 how about that that is amazing Another that's day. pretty good yeah. so july 29th. um so yeah baseball then comes katie yeah and you now and you've always had kind of a dream of being more being involved in agriculture cowboying cow calf yeah and so she's she comes from a ranch she does ranching family yeah out in california so i guess what's your plan of action moving forward with i mean you got baseball katie cowboying well right now um with where i am in baseball it affords me the opportunity to do things like come out here and be on the podcast with y'all or go out you know for uh thanksgiving when they're branding out there in california uh go out you know i can build my my travel schedule as a scout around um their shipping time you know or just after easter because we'll go out there for easter and spend spend a week out there and then they'll ship right after that so uh man right now i'm in the learning phase of of all this this like i guess western lifestyle and cattle market and cattle business in general and I'm, I'm at the point where i'm just trying to learn as much as i can from as many people as i can and then once i have a decent foundation then i'll start like i guess basically vetting that information and saying like all right i'd rather believe what this guy says i'd rather believe what this person says you know and then put it all together and then kind of formulate my own my own um business plan so to speak yeah uh i, I think um you know, she and I haven't talked too much about uh, long-term what's going to happen with their ranch out there. It's, they have a pretty cool story. They, they've they been ranching yeah, out there. Yeah, I was going to the, say, the, they've been there for a long time. Homestead, shoot. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they the they've been, they've been, they got a cow-calf operation out there in the Central Valley of California, and they've been out there since like 1870. So Dang. was that, yeah. was that place, because I'm not real, real sure, but I, I kind of pick up here and there. Was it a, a Spanish land grant, or was it a, just a? It was homesteaded, actually. Uh, I believe it was homesteaded. I don't know the answer to that question. It's kind of embarrassing. I should know. No, no, no. That's okay because I mean anything that's homesteaded. Like if you're not real familiar, if those that are listening aren't familiar with like when you homestead something, like you were there. Like you're the when OG. you were the old G. Like, like this you is were probably one of the first seven generations. Yeah. Of, of ranching. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, it, it's California. it's cool. So I mean. I, I love it out there. So you're going to have to decide at some point whether or not you want to live in California. Right. Is basically what you're saying. Right. And I think, um, you know, um, I just I don't, I don't know how it's going to end up. You know, there's a chance that gets well, split up with different family members and things like that. And there's, there's a chance Maybe by the that time that time I'm always comes, looking for cow work. Maybe that by the time that time comes, everyone will have moved from California to Texas. California will be like, maybe we should change some of this, like outrageously high state income tax and all that bullcrap and then all of a sudden they call dale brisby and they're like everybody will want to go back to california yeah you never know you never know Uh, but man right now i guess the the plan uh is just to stay in texas and you know man that'd be hard to leave texas get to i know but it is is gorgeous out there though it is it's it's unbelievable like uh, yeah and it gets hot in the summer. I mean, really hot in the summer, but it cools off in the evenings. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I spent a lot of time out there. Did and you? It, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's only hot for like four hours of the day. And then around three o'clock, it starts to cool off. And it's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy it out there a lot. I mean, if things look different as far as the tax 
scenario and some other things that uh, if it was just e- if it was easier to live out there and run a cow calf operation or be in the cattle business out there, okay, if, if yep. it was easier, yeah, like if it was I'd like Montana it. or Wyoming yeah. or something, or if it was if there you know there's so many regulations and restrictions and uh, even the farmers out there are battling it because they got the water rights issues yeah. and things yeah. like that. Oof. So it's a it's a big deal and um, you know it's a beautiful know. area. I love it. I uh, talking about Texas. I get all the time. It happened the other day with Pennsylvania. This guy was like, "Hey, come over to Pennsylvania. We'll uh, show you how real cowboys." Work. And I'm just every. It's like Texas. I feel like is one of the main the the only Here places Here I've seen where it's like people people always want to compare themselves to Texas yeah. and like. I just want to be Texas. Like, I don't really care how you cowboy you're not, you're in Pennsylvania. You're not yeah. Compa- yeah, you're not in competition. That's great that you yeah. wear that kind yeah. of hat in Utah. I don't care. This is the hat I want to wear. Sure. I like to tie off. Here we I go. Hope. You want a dally? Cool. Do it, you know. But everybody keeps – I just – I love Texas, obviously. Lived here my whole life. I've got a mentor that used to live in Texas, but he um, has a ranch in Wyoming. And mm-hmm. he was talking about like one of these days you're gonna find out you know those property taxes down there you're gonna you're gonna want to move. I don't see it happening. Yeah. He bought a ranch up in Wyoming, and I just well, man, I just I'll pay I, the property taxes. I can sure. see myself living somewhere like that though. So. Yeah. But I think if I was, there's people that are like that. Like Ross, my old traveling well, partner, he was like that. He could live in Wyoming, Wyoming, but like I don't it, have it, anything tying me to Texas. So I, I think like it, anything. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This <laughs> joker. I think if I was going to move anywhere, though, we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast. Um, I think if it were me uh, to move anywhere, I'm thinking Cave Creek, Arizona, somewhere out in Arizona. But other than that, like I would stay in Texas. I'm not going anywhere else because yeah. I, I just because I want to rope and man have. Good yeah. stuff out there. There's some spots in Oklahoma that are beautiful, mm-hmm. but the roads are terrible. It's Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. Yeah, it's Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, and you've I seen just, Tiger King. He's I from Oklahoma. I just can't live in Oklahoma because it's Oklahoma. Yeah. No we, offense, Oklahoma. I love going to Oklahoma, but I got to live in Texas. I need, right. a, I need a Texas P.O. box. I hear you. So, like, okay, you guys have both been. Donnie, I'm not not like i want you to listen kind of because i want to listen both of you guys have been to some really really big places baseball rodeo coolest rodeo venue that you that you can think of like where's what's one of the coolest places you've gone to that's a rodeo venue and then you Um, baseball venue hmm. golly what's that that rodeo i think it might be clear lake south dakota there's somebody listening that's going to tell me this, but it's it's like on a ranch. It's on their it's on the, their ranch, and um, Sutton puts it on. But um, in the summertime, Granite, it's not Granite Falls, Minnesota, but it's that same weekend. It's around that same time. We oh. went to Granite Falls, then we went to uh, Clear Lake. I think I'm pretty sure it's Clear, Clear Lake. Lake. Anyways, you pull onto this ranch, and like it, there's the the main house is like on top of this hill, and you can't even see the arena. You pull on, and you're just like, oh my gosh, where's the dang freaking rodeo and then once you pull over the hill by the house Stand it just like hole. opens up and there's all these hills wow. and it's just miles of trailers and campers and 
and uh, and then the the actual arena is in a bowl, oh, yeah. and they just sit on the hills hillside, and uh, that's a really cool. But uh, Pendleton was well, that's bad a, to the bone. I mean, just the grass, and then like uh, I think I was in like a first section or something. And anyways, during the bronc ride, and all went on the, went out on the grass. And, and watched it, and then we all had, you know, they, the Bronx come across yeah. there, and uh, they'll put panels up for the bulls, but the bears and Bronx obviously need more room. And then, uh, but I would say, and then Cheyenne, I yeah. mean, just because it's the dad. It's so the those dad. three, Pendleton, Cheyenne, and Clear Lake, I think are, are pretty. Yeah. Houston. Yeah, that's, that's an inside. impressive stadium. Yeah. That's an impressive stadium, though. So, what about uh, baseball venues? Man, it's um, as far as big league stadiums are concerned, yeah. uh, we got a brand new one in Arlington. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> no one's seen it yet. I mean, huh. I, I, it's but I can vouch for it. It's pretty nice. Um, no, I'd say. Uh, What's some of the major differences? Uh, the first biggest difference is it's indoor. Yeah. And that that makes yeah. I mean, I'm telling you what. Golly, I, I wonder what the electric bill is to. Golly, it doesn't really imagine. matter. As long do as it's not pump, Africa hot. Do they pump AC in there, or does it just stay kind of cooler just because like? No, they pump AC yeah, in. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't, and I don't know what the bill is or anything. I mean, I couldn't even begin to guess, truthfully. I but, mean, is it? I wonder if it's like sixty-three thousand dollars a month or something. Like, well, I wonder what. It the, could be more than that, because if you think about like when you think about all the utilities in general. Yeah. Uh, you have the air conditioning. You have all the electricity, you know, whatever. Like yeah. all, and right now, the other day when I went in to watch one of our games, every TV and all the suites was on, so all the TVs are on. <laughs> it's like you think about city. this, like it is, and and it, okay. and there there are there isn't any there aren't there are no fans there right now. But think about this: when there are fans there, think about uh, all the water and all yep. the all the <clears throat> bathrooms, all that, all the clubhouses, everything. Think about all of the ice machines that take water. Think yep. about, I mean, all this stuff that, like, y- is behind the scenes that you didn't even think about, like, mm-hmm. just the basic air. All, everything to keep food warm, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, heaters. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, okay, so I guess back to. Yeah, I, back to the venues. I, I'd say, you know, I really enjoyed Fenway, the historic aspect of it. That's cool. Um, being there, and I had one of my, I had a couple of really good friends that were uh, actually playing with the Red Sox in the big leagues, and, like, 2013 somewhere in there yeah and so i showed up after one of my minor league seasons and i flew out there to see a red sox yankees game went down there on the field and was hanging out and it was just i mean it was just the red sox yankees rivalry is is one thing yep, and right. to be there at fenway the historic aspect in the field there uh and and to be truthful i mean i haven't been to all the stadiums right. but that was one of the coolest for me um and then some of the other like i guess off the beaten path type baseball stadiums I've been to that have like just a cool feel to them. Uh, the Field of Dreams field, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then there's a field in Alpine, Texas. Yeah. And it's like the Coconut. I've been there. It's a cool place. Yeah, been and there. They have like a they had like a semi pro team there for a while. I don't know if they're still playing there, but man, it's a it's pretty neat just when you see like the just the different levels of baseball that you can go and and watch and then uh i still think one of the purest places in the world is like 
well, you take the parents out of it, but I think one of the purest places in the world is when you go and you see like a coach pitch game and seeing kids have fun. That is cool because yeah. I, I just think that, you know, well, shoot, for the last 15 years, baseball's been a job for me. You know, even going back my first year in college, it was a job for me. And you lose side of the fact that, like, when you're a kid, man, it was just pure joy to go out there and play baseball with your buddies, like your closest friends, yeah. and have fun and wear the other team out, you know. Yeah. And so that, I think, is really cool to see. What's the – what are how close on a percentage or a scale of one to ten? What how cl- ten being like fill in the stadium? How close were we or are we to putting butts in the seat at Arlington? Or is that even not on the radar like a zero? Man, that's a hard question for me to answer right now. Um, partly because I don't know; it's purely speculation. And the other part is uh, the stuff we get the information we get that the public gets away from baseball all that stuff it it changes like every other day Mm. you know so what i would say is what i feel there'll be no fans in 2020 for the 2020 season yeah and shoot i mean it's an an abbreviated season we got 60 games and we're already uh 20 games in so yeah you got you know four week five weeks left yeah so me and donnie are getting ready to put our money together and we're gonna we're gonna find a bookie. That's how we're gonna make make it through the winter time. Perfect. Just everybody know. Perfect. How you feel about that, Donnie? Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I think it's reasonable to ex- expect uh, fans in 2021, and I, I think it's reasonable to anticipate there being at least 50% capacity on opening day. Now, I mean, all this can change if there's another big outbreak of this COVID stuff and. Uh, the way different states' governors are handling their their business and uh, the way Major League Baseball, the commissioner's office, and the players' association, the owners, they all get together and they decide they want to have a special uh, set of protocols wrapped around maybe a, another outbreak or whatever. And uh, Anyway, it's just it's tough, man. Just You just monitor it. Literally, it's like very cliche, but like you take it day by day right now. Mm-hmm. And you look at – there's a team like – sorry, I don't want to interrupt. No, 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 no a, you're good. They're the, the St. Louis Cardinals right now. Like, Go Birds. Shoot, they've played five games, man. That's it. Mm-hmm. Because they've had an outbreak on that team, and they've had to basically like postpone all their games because they don't want to expose anyone else. Dang. So whereas we just finished our like 19th or 20th game, they've only played five. So they're going to have to wrap up and play a bunch of doubleheaders moving forward once everyone gets negative tests and all that. So yeah. um, it's like something like <clears throat> that can happen, and it can turn your day-to-day world on its head yeah and so that's why it's hard to answer that question but i'd say 2021 when they allow fans back into the park um i'd like to i'd like three of my friends maybe four to sit in the dugout okay well, <laughs> <laughs> hold on hey listen we're, I'm, i was asking for a seat you're asking for like you're asking for like go down to the who dugout. are your friends well i mean does it matter yeah it does okay It'd be you, Donna, Leroy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, like yeah, preferably yeah. a Cardinals game. That escalated quickly. Like Very much so. He was like, I want to in the dugout. Yeah. Like, what do you want to I do? I mean, it's, it's Dale Brisby. Oh, okay. You're, yeah. you, you better be glad I didn't ask to throw the first pitch. That's because you keep messing with the dang I did mic. Not. I did not. Yes. 
No, no, it's not. You've been putting your mitts on that thing since we started. Maybe if you would buy good stuff. Dude, that's a bad of the ball Maybe mic right there. No, it's not. This thing is Ladies $25. and gentlemen, I'm sorry that Let's get back to this right Cheech. quick. I recovered Gosh. great right there. It's a piece of junk. You haven't recovered at all. I have. Finish the question. Okay, speaking of dugouts, really quick. Well, after my friends, can we go in there and get, like, some nachos and maybe a flat soda? No, it's nachos not. and lemon heads on my dad's boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I know someone that can uh, set that up for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously. But yeah. real quick, uh, you've seen how his temper just blows up <laughs> like that. What about in the dugout? How many, how many meltdowns in the dugout have you – witnessed the maybe maybe kind of some of the best i've seen some pretty epic ones yeah uh, and it's always the funniest when they backfire on the guy like who, it comes back and hits him in the face yeah or something. okay way more interesting than a, than a meltdown what about like clear the bench brawls yeah that's what i was gonna ask it happens um <sighs> have I mean, you been okay. involved in one yeah but so the thing is on the minor league side when it happens um no most wrong. of the time it's never like you never start throwing fists you know it's kind of just like a uh, someone gets real upset at someone else, and, and then you go, it's a lot of mouthing. <laughs> and someone, so what happens is the opposing team or whoever, they start making a move towards the other team, whatever it is, like just walking over towards their dugout, and it's like, I mean, everyone just swarms, swarms in. And you got guys running in from the bullpen, and you got guys, you know, coming in from the dugout. And there's just, just a lot of yelling and shouting. And then, you know, everyone gets fined, and the fine is like, it might be like fifty bucks or two hundred bucks from the league, but that's like basically an like eighth of your paycheck. Time, like bitten put putting time out. Yeah, it is. It is. But um, so I've been I'm involved in a somebody. few of them, but none of them were like, you know, big time. Yeah, like, you've never been actually punched in the face on a baseball field. Yeah. No. no. On a football field, yeah, through the face mask, but it was. Ooh. I mean, I, I didn't wear a shield or anything. And, I got uh, poked in the eye. Yeah, I got poked in the that's, eye. That's pretty much. common. Guys just like stabbing you in the eye. Like, like when they get up, if you're in the bottom of the pile, you get sacked or whatever, and oh, guys are on top. You they, down to get up. they put their hand, you know, their hand on your face mask and get up, <laughs> and their hand slips through and it gets stuck in your, you know, things like that. So, yeah. but like in a fight, so to speak, nah, I've never been punched in the face. But the dugout, I try to, I try to avoid fights. Me I mean, too. like just just stay out of them. Me no, too. Nobody wins. I, I'm no. a fan of Bobby Knight uh, and Johnny McEnroe and endless baseball fa- baseball fan of of the dugout meltdown that is my favorite thing to watch like yeah because it does happen like they go to throw something and it'll come back and boom like hit him in the face yeah and you're like dude you were really mad now you're even madder i tell you there there's a there's a um, former manager named wally wally backman or wally bachman i'm not sure how you say his last yeah. name but he's got some unreal blow-ups on youtube really? you just type in wally Backman, B A C K M A N. I don't. It, it tr- trust I me. It, it'll auto populate. It is Thank a bit, and he will go out there and he'll, like, we're talking like, uh, blow up, get in the umpire's face, like, army crawl out to the mound, like, throw grenades with the rosin bag, run over, like, throw all the balls out from the dugout on the Dang. field, throw every bat out there, just you know. I have seen him throw every bat out there. Actually, yeah, I yeah. have. I have seen him do that. And it was very funny. There's some good ones, and I mean, I, I, those honestly, like sometimes those, I, I I never played for that guy, but some of the most fiery managers are some of the best ones to play for because, man, it, it's they like got your back. Yeah, and it almost kind of like fires you up and gets you like, all right, if he's gonna go out there and like raise hell, well, then let's. If he cares that much, yeah, I should you know? too. Yeah, um, your wife. 
kind of have similarities to that's why you felt drawn to katie boom figured it out you want to talk about throw some punches i bet she would punch somebody some haymakers i don't want to even know to be truthful she i mean i'm just thankful every day when i go home that my clothes aren't out on the front lawn was it on fire is it was it a swear jar y'all had or push-ups yeah, push-ups. She yeah. has to do push-ups for all the cuss words she does. Katie, yeah. she says. Yeah. Ladies, she doesn't cuss. Well, What's her count up to? Uh, infinity. <laughs> so she's in debt for the next yeah. ten years. Yeah. yeah. She at this point, I'm not sure she could pay it off. But kinda, yeah, pays for your fuel to and from. Yeah. She. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was. It worked there for a while, and then we double it up if there's cuss words on Sunday. Mm. And as uh, you should, as yeah. you should. And uh, anyway. Kid from the north end of the Central Valley wounds. I up. stopped counting. Yeah. Oh. I do think you ever have to do push-ups? Um, no, she doesn't make me do push-ups. I thought that one time we were all eating dinner in Vegas, and mm. I heard her at the yeah. end of the table. That'll be twenty-five push-ups, Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> she, well, she, she poked the table like that. That was her getting back at. Yeah, you know, I was like her getting yeah. back at me. I don't. I don't. I don't know <clears> what I said, but you probably didn't even it, actually cuss. If there was ever a kryptonite for Dale Brisby. If there was ever just a kryptonite or somebody that can kind of make Del Brisby like look around his shoulder, it would be Katie. Well, she's oh. the only one that talks crap. I think she's the only person Keeps that doesn't Dale like on that, his that's toes. not true. And I think there's it's a, funny. There's plenty of people that don't like Del Brisby. Well, no, but I mean she just might be the president of the club. Mm-hmm. She just gives you a match. Like kind of makes you think about what you're going to say before you say it. No, if you if you spent any time in the DMs or in my comments, there's plenty of people that. Do you get a lot? I mean, like, is it every day that a hater will go on there, like, and get you? So I've I've got uh, a people can text me now. Yeah. And it's community uh, right nine four zero three five three zero eight nine zero. Don't even okay? uh, text me. Mm-hmm. By the way, when you do text me, let's skip the three or four messages where you are accusing me of not being me. And it being Donnie. Wait, people accuse Automan. you of not Dude, being you? Every single time you're a I'm texting. Fraud? I will text. I am a fraud, but I'm saying like <laughs> you're texting the fraud. Okay. Okay. So yes. So to answer your question, yes. To answer their question of whether they're texting the fraud or not, you are. The point is, I will text anywhere from <laughs> at least thirty or fifty a day. On the high side, it'll be like three hundred and fifty. I'll Whoa. text. So like. Because there's sometimes where I'll, I'll have some spare time to kill, and I'll text people back. Um, and so, I want to say 90% of the messages are me trying to prove to that person that it is me. And and they're like I'm typing each one. You know, it's not really. Yeah. Sometimes I might copy and paste something because the next person asked me the exact same question. Sure. But usually I am typing it out right then. So it's just like. No, yes, it's really me. Most of the time, I don't send a selfie just because, listen, I've already had this conversation 19 times. I'm not sending 19 selfies. He's on it again, y'all. He is on it again. The point is, it's funny to me. That's where I get a lot of my haters. Really? From there? the texting. I probably get, I think I get at least the same, if not more haters actually texting me I think than, than in the comments. You'd think it would be like people like DMing me or commenting on something, but I guess maybe because they don't feel like it's real. Yeah. 
but I just feel that people that have dude, I've had to like delete and and block and unsubscribe like people all that kinds of people, people that have untapped. time to send hate stuff, they suck. Yeah, like yeah. for real. Like if you've got time to really go into somebody's deal and type out, if you got the time to type out uh, something that's hateful, like something like that, yeah, you really that's what suck. Yesterday I posted. Um, I think it was Rodeo Time Two Hundred Seven. With the pony, and not just no, that life. I think that yeah, was two oh six. Yeah, two oh seven. We went yeah. and we weaned. Yeah, and, and and we did palpate, and it was like an eight minute vlog, and uh, posted it on Instagram. Yeah, I've been posting those on Instagram, and first comment within like three minutes, somebody's like, "You've already posted this. Looks like content, good content. Must be getting a little scarce around there, huh?" And I was thinking like, okay, so. Number one, this is the first time I've posted this. <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. I've posted a part of it before. Uh, number two, like, you must have your notifications turned on because, like. And with nothing else to yeah. do. Because you were, yeah. like, the first one to comment. But number three, it's good content. You yeah. said it yourself. And it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I post, like, four times a day across eight different channels. And even if I did post the same thing a second time, however long later, like. Dude, you're obviously following me. People, people behind the screen, they're fearless and they know everything. Mm-hmm. Like this kid, that video of Craig's finger the yeah. other day. This kid, where's Craig? I'm gonna fight him. No, not that Craig. Okay. We're not talking about that Craig. <laughs> Craig Cameron. Okay. Craig Cameron got his finger bitten. It's all twisted up now from a stud right. horse. And some kid coming, he's like, my horse bit me on the finger. I just stick my my thumb from my other hand in his mouth, and make him open his mouth. I was like, I'm. Sh-. I, I come in. I just like a little emoji, like rubbing his chin. I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. He should have told him to send that pony back to the carnival he got him from. I'm pretty sure the pretty sure the horse that beat well, Craig was probably just, like. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Absolutely. You know? Like yeah. everybody's everybody's John Wayne until yeah. like. Oh, you are, you're a hundred percent right. So you're tossed in the situation, and then you're like, "Oh, dang!" This just mm-hmm. <laughs> that shark would have bit me out of karate. Chopped yeah, him in I'd, the top of the head. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Gouged, gouged his eye with my thumb, and yeah. he kept a couple of his teeth for a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not. No, you wouldn't. So stop talking. I'm not a confrontational person, but I, I do. I do agree with the. Um, it's all fun and games until you. Either call that person out or you tell them. I love calling people it, it, out, and, and it's like ninety percent of them are not gonna like. They're gonna hide behind their phone, or they're gonna like uh, just keep on sending the hate because they have no other way of yeah. like of, of channeling. Most it. of the time, I don't respond unless, yeah. for instance, yesterday, he was just factually incorrect. Yeah. Like, we literally just made this, and it's the first time I've ever posted it on this platform. You are wrong. Now, if he would have said, this video sucked, I'm probably just not going to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, the block button has a lot of power. I, 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 sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But, um, there's, there's sometimes when I can tell somebody's a fan, they're just kind of being a jerk. And they're you know, and they just are wearing their opinions out you know on funny? the keyboard. Yeah. But but occasionally there's when it when it comes from like someone just sharing their opinion to being hateful, when they're being straight hateful and obscene, I'll yeah. just, I'll I'll block them. I got no problem. Yeah, as you should. Dude. I got a lot of people on my block list. I like to get like if they're being hateful, and I'm freaking good at this. I like to give them one good response that just burns them to the ground. Yeah. And like. 
and there's, Johnny. there's been a couple of them that I've typed up and like they're too ruthless. I've I'll, I'll go to Dale and be like, can I, can I post? Like because I, most of the people that talk crap are not that intelligent. No, and so you're exactly very right. easy yes. to mm-hmm. like pick them apart. And like, there's been a couple of them I I just couldn't even do it because it was just gonna tear them down. Yeah, it I was, mean the low hanging fruit is most of them can't spell I've always, anything longer than a, fi- a four-letter word. I've always said don't come under-equipped for a game of wits yeah. because it is so easy to make somebody so mad where they can't even think straight. Mm-hmm. But then when they go to respond, it's like child, almost childish. You're yeah. like, I'm over this. Just block. Well, see, the thing, the tough part about it, for me, being, I guess, the leader, and <laughs> um, that was really loud. Sorry being the leader as far as like i'm asking for it you know so like i can't put myself out there i'm posting four times a day and so people are gonna have opinions oh yeah i gotta have thick skin yeah i sometimes feel bad for somebody like for instance Leroy. yeah (laughs) Yeah. he's just been kind of we've been together through it all and he's just i'll invite him over he happens to be in a video He's not really like mentally got his mind wrapped around the fact that this, you know, 16 year old little crap talker is about to try to bring him down, you know. So those are, but I don't know. I also do think it's kind of funny though, like when you, when people walk by and they're like, I don't know you, but I'm such and such. And you're like, I don't know you either. Like (laughs) when they do that, like I think it's, it's almost like, awkward funny because i think it's funny because deep down inside they know they have to know they kind of have an idea but they're like i don't know who you are but you know then you, and then you'll respond right back like well, i don't know you either well there's there's you can usually tell really quick yeah. someone's intention of what they're saying right so like right there's two types of people that like what usually that happens at a booth yeah and i'll be in my booth and when people will sometimes walk by, they might see someone, for instance, uh, National High School Finals right. Rodeo. Like, So a lot of people know each other there. And so there'll be nine people in the booth. I'm taking pictures with two or three of them. And then some, maybe their family friends walk by and they see this line of people taking pictures with this long-haired hippie wearing glasses inside. <laughs> and at that moment, they'll come up to me and be like, hey, I'm sorry. I don't really know who you are, but my name, you know, who are you? And that, that's like a very calm, like, Oh, Hey, mom, Dale Brisby, you know, like they're taking pictures with, you know, but then there's the other side of it. It's like, Hey, I don't know who you are. And they just, <laughs> so ridiculous. they see that I'm important enough, I guess, in these other people's eyes that they, those people want to take a picture with me. So they assume that I'm going to be this cocky a-hole. Right. <laughs> And so when they come to me with that attitude, when they come to me with that attitude, I feel like I need to give them what they want. So so, so my immediate response is, well, I don't know who you are either. I can read. I don't know who that stranger is over there. Should we go tell them? Do you know who they are? Mm -hmm. Let's go tell them we don't know who they are. That that frustrates me, you know, but because there's, but you can tell somebody's attitude really quick when somebody walks up and they're just like, they're they're, It's an awkward exchange of, I need to introduce myself to you. Then that's fine. Like he doesn't have very many facial expressions because he's got the all this going on in the hair, but when it does happen, like I know, like I I can <laughs> I can see it. We just been around each other long enough to know, like I can see it. He's like, 
I and have, he's tilted deep, breath. He doesn't let it all the way out. Some people are legitimately sorry. Yeah. When they say it, though. And I'm like, no, no, no. Well, they don't know how to you say it. You don't have to be sorry. You don't. I'm not. I don't yeah, expect. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know I say I do, but like legitimately, uh, I'm, I don't actually expect this random 59-year-old mom of five kids to have watched all of Like, I don't care and, if you don't know who I am. And, and to that fact, like, there's, there's a, a lot of people out there that are introverted and shy. So, like, they don't know how to really start a con- – like, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't really know how to, like, maybe start the conversation of, like, hi, how are you? Because they're, they're introverted and they're shy, and I, I respect. I, I get but it. But then there's, like, there'll be, like, a 54-year-old man who's, like, <laughs> walks by, and he's, like, kind of mad. He's, like, why are they taking a picture with him? Yeah. You know, and then that's the kind – he's, like, who are you? I don't know who you are. Okay, sir, I don't know who you are either. Yeah, so the first time you kind of brought that up, my thought process was, I wonder if a lot of these people are, like, socially awkward, and they don't know how to introduce themselves, and yes. they see you taking pictures, and they're like, Probably. I don't know him, but he must be important. Probably. And I, so who is he? So, I mean, there's got to be, you know, 50 different ways you can take that and perceive that based on tone and the person and all that kind of stuff, but still, yes. like, there's got to be some underlying... Because yeah. the everyday person isn't going to just go up and randomly introduce themselves to yeah. nine new people that day. Mm-hmm. You, you can see them, though, like, at a booth. They'll be in line, and the people that don't understand, the, I, these are the people that I think are pretty intelligent. They'll go to Google, and they'll Google, like, Dale Brisby, and then they'll kind of start seeing you know they'll google it and they'll look and then they kind of start kind of getting the idea but their kids know the kids know but the parents have really no idea and so then you see them kind of slowly getting into the idea of the, the character the what's going on here why is it taking pictures and stuff and so like they're the ones that uh, i totally give a so, lot of respect to mm-hmm. we're talking about hecklers have you ever come across some intense heckling Man, I'll tell you this, the most ruthless crowd I ever played in front of, Texas A&M. Really? I'm oh, serious. yes. I'm oh, yeah. serious. Dude, I freaking love going to baseball games at probably him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We would, we would research the pitcher's mom's names. No, you didn't. Chant- yeah. Oh, dude, it's yeah. not even like, it wasn't my idea. Like, this is like when you go to A&M. Jesus, don't A&M, like ugly, but golly. I'm telling you, like, we are going to we are gonna yell Dorothy's name every time you put that ball in your hand. And they do the research. In and unison. Yeah, it's impressive. And it, the I thought y'all. Oh, my gosh. The coach goes out to the mound. Like, like everybody is yelling in unison, like, Slap him on the butt. Slap him on the butt. And so if he does, everybody's like, oh. And then yeah. if he doesn't, it'll be like, in unison, tease. Like, yeah. So, and, and there's this other thing, too. Like, um, the opposing pitcher throws four balls in a row. Yeah. <laughs> walk the guy. And then before, like, as soon as he walks the guy, every, like, whole, everyone in unison, ball five, ball <laughs> five. And then they'll keep going, ball 11. Ball <laughs> eleven, and like you just see like opposing pitchers melt. I mean, they yeah. just melt, and so uh, that was a pretty tough crowd. Um, but man, through <laughs> some of the minor league parks I played in, you know, along the way, they sometimes there aren't very many fans on a Tuesday right. night mm-hmm. in Canapolis, yeah. North Carolina. You know, so yeah. like y- you go through and um, some of those games where there's like you know twelve or fifteen fans, 
and you have the one guy who just <laughs> yells just the most outrageous. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's usually, because most of the time it's like th- th- like Thirsty Tuesday or Thirsty Thursday or something like that. Those are the fun days to play. <laughs> thirsty Thursday, that's when the, that's when the crowds, yeah. I mean, you got to get good crowds. And, right. Um, yeah, but, man, some of the hecklers, and some of, some of it's like, some of some of some of the most awkward heckling is sometimes the best, where you know you'd have a guy. I remember, I think it was Lancaster, California, or maybe maybe it was Canapolis, North Carolina. I can't remember. It was two two different leagues I was in, but I'm, anyway, there's one guy who's sitting in the stands, and he's an older gentleman, and not many fans at either place, and he'll just say, "Hey, Elliot, don't get a hit," <laughs> and it's like actually kind of like messes with you you know like you're like yeah. i can i can only hear one person and, it's, and yeah. they're calling me by name and it's that guy i know who it is it's that guy you will and not make this putt yeah jackass. exactly yeah 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 it, it has nothing to do with like getting personal it's just like, so, <laughs> oh jeez some, yeah. sometimes those are the best man those, i'm talking about at a&m like people didn't even like baseball they just liked giving people a hard time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like people. My sister was one of them. She didn't give no, a she crap wasn't. about baseball growing up, but man, she was going to every game. Yeah, and they were gonna sit in the stands, and she was gonna, you know, yell. And man, it was fun. Man, my buddy, he. Uh, it was just funny to see all everyone do something together in unison yes. and pick on one <laughs> yeah. person yep yep like four thousand people picking on one person when yeah. you're that person man you feel this big yeah. no doubt unless you unless you're just deep down inside really, you're like i want to fight all of them well you can't but you can't fight all of them. yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying like you're it, like, like man i want to fight all of them all of y'all i want to fight all of y'all line up there are times as the opposing team <laughs> at a, you know when you're playing at a&m where it feels like you're not just playing those nine guys on the other team or the 25 guys in the, in, in uniform across the field. You're playing like all 15,000 fans that are there because it's like every single one of them is is hoping that you lose the game. So you're playing well, against not only those so guys but everyone else. the most gratifying when you do win. Yeah, we, we didn't win very many games against A&M when I was there. Yeah. But, yeah, we you know, we won a few games here and there, but um, A&M or just had some do good, good teams. It does. I just mean, silence sure. them for a moment. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. So you played quarterback. You know, you were, you were you know, when you played football, you played quarterback. But could you imagine that and times in it by, like, somebody being like Tom Brady or, or um, Peyton Manning or one of those guys when they're driving down the field, like how loud it is? I bet it would like, be easier to ignore in football than baseball. Oh, yeah, definitely. But in baseball, that's what I'm saying, like – you can't hear the guy that's like talking trash to you on a football field, but on a baseball field, yeah. you can hear everything. Well, yeah. you can. He- so sometimes I'll, I'll say that sometimes. Now the part that like as a scout, mm-hmm. now that because I've been on the, I've been on the field and been a player, and now as a scout sitting in the stands, like a lot of fans, when I'm sitting there like watching, let's call it a major league game or a triple A game, like there's a pretty big crowd, fifteen, twenty thousand minimum, you know. Right. Sometimes those big games, there's, you know, 40-plus thousand at those big league games. When there's a fan 15, 18 rows back trying to heckle the guy on deck, that guy on deck, he can't hear someone who's talking two rows back because the crowd noise, just the dull roar of everything is so loud. Absolutely. That that person, and there might, you know, I might be on row 22 scouting or whatever in the scout section, and there's someone a few rows behind me, and I can barely hear what they're saying, but they're yelling at the guys on the field. At that point, those hecklers, they're just doing it to get a, to get a laugh out of their buddies. Like, that yeah. has nothing to – and if right. they think they're actually getting through to the players, they're disillusioned. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's more prominent, I guess, in like like on the lower end of. No, sure. I don't want to call it the lower end. When, like, when there's like fewer fans, smaller. yeah. When there's yeah. fewer fans, regardless of what level you're playing at, when there's fewer yeah. fans, it's easier to hear the hecklers. And I that's think just kinda, they, they should uh, let during the pandemic. They should let like five fans for each team come in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this team gets five fans. This other team gets five. Dude, fans, you're terrible. And they get and and they get to pick. You know, so each team gets to pick their five fans. The, <laughs> that would be hilarious. The closest thing that they've kind of gotten to something like that so far. Uh, if you turn on the games now on TV, you'll see that they, a lot of these teams, they have like card fans can take a picture of themselves and like their yep. gear or whatever, and they can do a cardboard cutout and put it, you know, in a seat in a stadium. And I believe yeah, I heard was, about that. I believe it was the White Sox. There's a White Sox fan who I, I guess he had some disposable income, and he bought 150 a bunch of them of himself in the same and they put them all right above the visitors dugout it's like so it's like they come out and look up it's like the same guy 150 times you know it's That's like a hilarious. 75 or 50 150 dollars to do that oh, i yeah. think like the lower seats are more expensive yeah, yeah. i would definitely call that disposable well, income <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and i think um i, I think we're charging like 50 bucks but it's not. It's not like a flat, a flat fee across every team. I think that I think the Dodgers are charging like two hundred and fifty bucks. But that money is going to. Go, it goes uh, to our foundation. Right. Our, ours goes to our foundation. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then we'll correct. take it and spend it, and, we, and we'll put it back in the community. Dang. So, it's uh, anyway, man. It's been a it's been a unique year for sure. It's but definitely unique all across the board for um, professional, professional athletes, um, rodeo, yeah, uh, professional athletes. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see. Um, I'm excited for everybody to get through this. All everybody healthy, but on a rodeo side and an athlete <laughs> side, I'm excited to see people that uh, were coming into 2020 either injured um, or they were on uh, either in a slump or up on the rise. Um, it, really crazy. Just for saying, I'm, I'm just going to use one name, like. Shad Mayfield mm-hmm. came in in the tie-down roping and won $190,000 in like four months of the twenty uh, of the 2020 season, right? And that's a lot of dadgum money in that short period of time. But there's eliminating buck. There's eliminator bucking horses, and there's bucking horses that have a lot of diesel smoke in them, and a lot of bulls that have a lot of diesel smoke in them. A lot of bull riders that were, uh, uh, you know, injured, healthy. So, like, when this all comes out in, in baseball and in football uh, um, um, and in the NBA, like, there's going to be, once everybody gets healthy and, and things go back to normal, it's going to be very interesting to see how people bounce back yeah. and how oh, yeah. animals bounce back oh, and the yeah. animal athletes. So, yeah. it's going to be, um, you, know, you don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be pretty crazy. It's going to be pretty fun, actually. Yeah, so. definitely. Well... Thank you for joining us, Elliot. Yeah. Everyone, go follow Elliot on Twitter. Um, but don't try if you're a young lady. Don't try to holler at him because Katie Please Kaufman don't. will. Speaking of Katie Kaufman, she will find you. Yeah. When 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 can when can Katie come be on the podcast now? Uh, when she's invited, I guess. Number one, Elliot got invited. That's why he's here. So Katie, you're invited. Dale, I mean uh, Dale would have to in- invite you, Katie. So yeah. that's what would have to happen. We've got to end it with life advice. What you got, Elliot? Man, that's a tough one. Uh, put me on the spot. Um, what you got, Donnie? 
while we're waiting on him. Yeah. passionate about being passionate mm. interesting. Yep. interesting Cheech what you got um, something that's been on my mind uh, on my heart for a little bit uh, if you're going to be we talk about being patient uh, be patient also means being able to control your emotion mm. while you're uh, while you're, if you're working on patience if you're, whether it's in business whether it's right down to uh, a situation don't let your emotion control you mm. uh, if you're going to be patient mm can uh, be patient with your emotions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. you need to work on that. Mm. With this cheap microphone. Mine is always give 100% unless you're donating blood. When you're giving 100%, know that the best you're going to ever be is second behind Dale Brisby. So be okay with losing. Gosh. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons through sports. And I think um, I'd say the most valuable lessons I've learned in life have been through sports. But Baseball specifically, it's a game of failure. If you succeed as a hitter three out of ten times, well, then you got a good chance of being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's 300 career hitter. That's pretty good. Dang. So when you look, when you look at it like that, as a, I was a hitter, right? So I had to learn how to reframe my failures in my own head mentally. So you sit there, and just because you think you failed at something or didn't the, – the, the outcome wasn't what you wanted. How you reframe that and how you perceive that, and that's the reality you're going to experience. And the people that handle adversity the best, everyone's going to handle adversity in life or have adversity come across them in life. Those that handle it the best and the quickest are the ones that come out on top. Yeah, absolutely. That's good yeah. advice. How to respond from a, the next bronc or bull you get on. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to text me, 940-353-0890. Check out dalebrisby.com and rock and roll denim. Pow, pow.